Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, the Masters Class. And here we are with our Masters of the Ring, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry, Bully Ray. Today, we're talking about classic trilogies coming off the heels of what we just saw with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. We started talking about some of the greatest trilogies in the history of pro wrestling. So we talked to our masters. And guys, how are you today? I'm good. Awesome, man. Awesome. Really? Meh. Meh. You know what? You know what, Billy? You're meh now. But I think by the end of this master's class, you're going to be in a great mood because these are some of the greatest matches of all time. Now, I'm going to go a little bit different than what you probably think I'm going to go with when it comes to the greatest trilogies of all time. Because the obvious answer to me is Flair and Steamboat. But I'm going to go a little bit different. Because I think when you look at classic trilogies, you it's not just about the wrestling you see in the ring, but maybe about the influence, maybe how it changed the landscape. And for me personally, the early 2000s was a rough time for me. Uh, it was the fall of WCW. It was the fall of ECW. And Ring of Honor and their start really got me into pro wrestling even more than maybe I ever had been. I don't know if it wasn't for Ring of Honor, if I would be doing Busted Open in 2022. And one of the best, if not the best feuds early on in Ring of Honor, maybe the greatest feud ever in Ring of Honor was Samoa Joe and CM Punk and those three matches that we saw from them in 2004. Guys, first match, time limit draw. Second match, time limit draw. And then the third match, a classic between Samoa Joe and CM Punk, over 30 minutes where finally Samoa Joe was able to beat CM Punk. The second of those matches in Chicago, a classic in front of the hometown crowd. And again, for me, I bring it up because it's easy to say Flair and Steamboat. But for me, that feud, that trilogy of matches between CM Punk and Samoa Joe really helped me at a time where losing WCW, losing ECW, Ring of Honor was really able to fill a void for me as my pro wrestling fandom kind of changed early on in that decade. It was a different time because there was no more, like there wasn't matches like that. And it was just, uh, it was different. 
I also laughed when you said that because like, you're like, oh, it affected me so much. And I'm like, yeah, ECW going into business. I'm so sorry it affected you so much. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. (laughs) But I kind of love the alternatives at that time. Ring of Honor filled that void that was left as far as an alternative over a WWE, WWF product. Mark, who do you have for the, the greatest classic wrestling trilogy? You know what, man? I, I would have to say uh, Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. They did WrestleMania, they did SummerSlam, they did SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And both of those guys are, we talk about work rate, and we talk about abilities, both incredible psychologists, physical mavens, and just tough to a point of, I mean, Kurt Angle was an Olympian and won a gold medal with a broke neck. And Eddie was known for not backing down to anybody. And I told you about the conversation that I had with with Eddie about me and how he perceived me and how he said that uh, made me look in the mirror at him standing behind me and him saying, if do who do you see? And I I, I kind of joked and he said, That's your problem. You 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 too you too fun loving. He said, if I was you, I would be dead or in jail. Everybody would do what I asked them to do when I asked them to do it, or I would destroy them. That was his mentality. So that being said, those two guys clashing, uh, it was great to the for all us fans and, and for us talents. We, we love seeing great wrestling matches, but it also showed comedy. They, they did comedy for like, man, for almost six months. Like they, I mean, Kurt was wearing a mask as a luchador and um, Eddie was doing his, uh, machismo throwing the chip, the lie steal and cheat thing came was was really prevalent at that point. Hitting the floor with the chair and throwing the chair, Kurt and Kurt getting his, getting thrown out. Like I mean, they did everything. It also led to both of those guys' competitive nature clashing. They got in a fight. After a match that they that Eddie just thought that Kurt was trying to take advantage of it. Wow. And when the when they went through the curtain, that's when that's the 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 fight really started. And Kurt had to, you know, <laughs> he had to take he had to do what he does the best, and that's wrestle Kurt, wrestle Eddie down and and put his form in the back of his head and say, What's wrong with you? You can't beat me. And and so like this this was not just inside the ring competition, it was outside the ring competition. You're talking about two guys that I'm sure tremendous egos. Very prideful. Yeah, exactly. Prideful is probably a better word. So that's an awesome pick by you, Mark. And and the out of all of the sagas, they did the most in the in a they they had a a match in a battle royal. Just uh, in, in mixed in there. And 
they did some of the most incredible um, spots look, leading to them looking like going into finishes that I ever saw. And some of the stuff that I've seen them do, I still haven't seen. And that was 2004, it's 2022. And so they were doing transcendent stuff way back then that guys are not doing today. And I challenge all the guys to study this trilogy uh, between Kurt and Eddie and bring some of that stuff back. There's some of these guys now that can do it. I love it. So you got two trilogies from the same year, 2004. Tommy, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go. And if you think about these trilogies, it's also the storytelling. Mark talked about two great professional wrestlers, but then they did comedy. They did serious. They did all these different things. Mine goes way back where, uh, to 1994. For me, I'm talking about Owen Hart and Bret Hart. And when I say a trilogy, if you think about their big matches, their debut match was WrestleMania 10. Awesome, awesome match. You know, Owen had turned on his brother. Then they had uh, SummerSlam, which was, uh, I have it written down here. Hang on. SummerSlam 94, um, which was the steel cage match, which was brutal. And also, and a lot of uh, wrestlers don't remember this. WWE used to use a, a much bigger ring. And then when those rings, they would sell them to other people. You would always say, Who, whose ring is that? The WWE ring back in the day was hard as hard can hard be. It was bigger. It was so much bigger. I think it was a 20 by 20. Now most rings are 18 by 16. But those rings were like bumping on cement. Let's bring let's bring people up to speed real quick on those rings and why the newer rings were invented. Back in the day, you had Andre the Giant and all of these much bigger men and the ring needed to be able to support these much bigger men. But when Vince eventually decided to step in the ring and start training with Dr. Tom, Vince was bumping in these really hard rings. Dr. Tom decided, hey, we have a different ring down in the warehouse. It's a more it's a bumping ring. It was an 18 by 18 old school Southern bumping ring. And Vince started bumping in the bumping ring and said, why aren't our rings like this? Our rings are stiff. And that's when Vince and the WWE decided to redesign their rings. Any of us could tell you, we would rather bump in an old school WCW NWA 18 by 18 ring, the old ECW ring, any of those rings, because bumping in the middle of that ring will add years to your career, as opposed to bumping in those old school rings where you might as well just be taking backdrops on cement. And if we're also talking ECW, we did use the 18 by 18, which we were considered the smaller ring. We also switched to cables, the old school ropes, you know, the, the proverbial Andre spot where you tie yourself into the ropes. You can't do that with cables. Or we also did it because the business was moving forward more with uh, springboards or that stuff. You can't do that ropes. Mick Foley would never have lost his ear because he wouldn't be able to do that with cables. You can't actually move those cables that way. Um, But anyway, that's for the the ring class. But it's also why it's harder because it's an extra two feet of wood. It's 20 by 20. And it's it's 
more weight, more, it's two feet more across the board, every board, everything. It means so much. And when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about the superplex from the top of the cage with Bretton Owen. That's double force with both of those guys. But the storytelling that they did, and then, you know, the final blow off was um, the, the no holds barred match. They used their parents in this. I remember when Owen was pleading with his, his parents, uh, like pretty much like wanting the attention and love and Helen Hart played her part so well. And then he just turned on Brett. It was just great storytelling with, you know, two of, you know, Bret Hart's moniker, the best there is, the best there was, best there ever will be. And you could say the same about Owen. And those two had one of my favorite trilogies. And the entire thing about a trilogy is the connective tissue between the two men of how you get to be able to have three matches. And if you think about the time periods, WrestleMania, all the way to the next January, that's a long time of some really good stuff. Awesome. That's an awesome trilogy. Bully, what do you got? Well, a little backstory here on uh, my thought process uh, coming up with my trilogy. Originally, when our producer, Paul, got in touch with me, he said, hey, do you want to talk about the most obvious trilogy in your career? And that's the TLC matches. And I said, ah, you know what? I don't want to talk about myself. It's kind of self-serving. I think I'm going to go with the Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins trilogy that we just saw coming out of WrestleMania, coming out of WrestleMania Backlash, coming out of Hell in a Cell, which I thought was a, a really strong trilogy. And I know you want to bust my balls about it, Dave, because you said... Yeah, bust my balls, Dave. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm going to bust your balls because I said after the match that we saw that the chemistry that I saw between Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes was almost Flair Steamboat-like. And I said that if the WWE was smart, they would have a trilogy of matches because if they did, I think I would put it right up there with some of the greatest trilogies that we've ever seen in pro wrestling. And what happened is they wound up having a trilogy of matches. Like you said, WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, and then at a Hell in a Cell. Okay, you okay there, Dave? I see you choking. Yeah, you know why? Because there was something else I wanted to bring up, not to interrupt (laughs) by a little bit of my cough. But uh, I also thought that you might go with another trilogy, and this trilogy, actually, Bully, if it wasn't for this trilogy, you know, you and I may not be doing this show right now. And that Hmm. is uh, Kenny Omega and Okada. You know, their trilogy of matches in 2017 because they had the amazing match that started off the year at Wrestle Kingdom 11 and then their final match at Dominion in June that year. And if it wasn't for Wrestle Kingdom 11, we may not be talking right now because I said on the air that I thought that match was one of the greatest championship matches that I had ever seen, if not the best. And you called me up and you're like, look, Greco, you're nuts. And you had some issues with that match because a lot of the work outside of the ring. And we wound up having, I don't know, a 45-minute discussion on that match between Kenny Omega and Okada, which led me to say, you know what? This would actually be a good discussion on air, which led to you being a part of the show. I thought maybe you might be talking about that trilogy on the show today. There are a couple. Go ahead, Tommy. I was, I'm just sitting here and I know Bubba Koresh's Jedi mind tricks. Maybe 
that was his plan all along. No, <laughs> no uh, absolutely not. There are no mind <laughs> tricks. Oh, no. There are no mind tricks. It's a good yet. idea. Instead of losing, you lose, and <laughs> we continue it. Oh, I thought you meant I was I was trying to manipulate uh, people to believe that I didn't want to talk about my own matches. No, I'm talking about you getting yourself on Bust Open. Tommy. And you use the Okada thing to get the show and yourself on the show. And there no, but go. Bully said that. Bully said to me. Said, okay, Tommy, and how'd you get on the show? Because you, you exactly, brought me in. Exactly, because I brought you in. So exactly. my Jedi mind trick worked for me, and it worked for you, Java. Well, actually, so lay out when, for five minutes so I can tell my story. Well, actually, uh, when Bully said, do you want to take this show to the next level? I said, yeah, let me get Mark Henry involved yeah, in the show. Exactly. But, but anyway. I brought it to the next level psychologically-wise. Tommy brought it to the next level weight-wise. All right. All right, Bully, what do you got? So I didn't want to talk about the TLC matches, but Mark Henry specifically said, fuck that. Talk yep, about yourself. Ain't nobody else going to put you over, so you might as well put yourself over. Damn so, right. Based on my fellow Hall of Famers advice, I'll talk about those matches. And, I mean, what hasn't been said about those matches? Uh, I'm proud to be a part of uh, some of the most legendary matches that have happened in uh, professional wrestling and sports entertainment, starting with WrestleMania 2000, Anaheim, California. The very first triangle ladder match between the Hardys, Dudleys, Edge, and Christian, which most people confuse to be TLC1. It wasn't TLC1. It was a triangle ladder match. After that match was over, in which Edge and Christian were the victors. Side note, Edge and Christian were the victors at the triangle ladder match. They were the victors at TLC1. They were the victors at TLC2. So, Tommy, I asked, if I'm that great with my Jedi mind tricks, how how come I couldn't politics? at least one victory in a match that I helped invent. So, uh, so yeah, Edge and tra- Jay were a, lot, a little better at it. Yeah, they, they, politic <laughs> in the, they politic in the corners, in the shadows of the locker room. They had Brian DeWertz on their side, who I spoke to on social media this week, who hopefully will be joining us on Busted Open to bury you, LaGreca, and your rants when his books come out this summer. So then we get to SummerSlam of 2000, and that's when we did TLC1 in North Carolina. TLC1 went so well that we had to do TLC2 in the Houston Astrodome at WrestleMania 17. So, you know, to be a part of a trilogy of matches that uh, people will remember uh, is a very big deal for me. Um, and I, I appreciate all the support, but the ones that you just mentioned, Flair and Steamboat, and I remember the trilogies, but I don't remember them as in detail as you would, Dave or Tommy or even Mark. Um, the Cody and Seth trilogy that just happened, I think, has been really strong, capped off by Cody's warrior esque performance. And let's not take anything away from Seth Rollins, who was a yep. phenomenal worker in that match to get Cody through, and the and the both of them. Uh, put on some great matches. Yeah, so everybody, please go to at Busted Open Radio. Give us your favorite trilogies. Also, don't forget to please subscribe and comment and rate the Busted Open podcast. Seven days a week of Busted Open. You wanted it. You got it. The Masters class drops each and every Sunday. And if you can't get enough of the Busted Open podcast, make sure you go to SiriusXM and listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, live for three hours on channel 156. Uh, for Tommy, for Mark, for Bully, 
We hope you subscribe. We hope you like that. We hope you go to podswag.com slash busted open and get some shirts for crying out loud. That's how you show real support to busted open by wearing the busted open merchandise. Hello. But thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time right here on Busted Opens, the Masters Class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Early. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Marissa Rivas is the director of Fight Nation and Sports Podcast. Special thanks the Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcast, the legendary Steve Cohen. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.